Why is why is Ember's New Groove twenty second on this list? You cannot sit here in good conscience. First of all, you cannot sit here in good conscience and tell me Beauty and the Beast is the eighteenth best animated movie of the last twenty years. Oh, at see, that time, when it was the first animated movie nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, and you cannot do that to me. Now, okay, so did did Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast come out first? Beauty and the Beast by one year. Okay. So Beauty and the Beast was one of the first animated films that we got that actually had some CGI in it. The scene where in the ballroom, you know, they're dancing and it just kind of pans through the ballroom with them and they kind of go through the chandelier. Like that's all CGI stuff. And so that they, that was one of the first animated movies that featured CGI and then they did the same thing in Aladdin very next year disney i feel like don't get me wrong i I think disney makes some great stuff still does make some great stuff but i don't feel like they're nearly as good as they used to be that's just kind of the nature of aging because it's also something that i've run into talking to people about snl because it's like man when i was when i was younger snl was so much better than it was now and it doesn't matter what era they're talking about so like you could be talking about the original cast days of when this show was brand new and you could say, you know, nothing's going to be better than what it was then. Or you could talk about like the, the Jimmy Fallon era, right? So like the, the late nineties, early two thousands era and be like, it was so much better then than it was now. And even like for us, when you look at like the Sandberg, Sudeikis, Bill Hader era, you can look at it and be like, Oh no, it was so much better for us then. Yeah. That's what I always consider to be some of the best, but that I feel like that same mentality just kind of carries over into everything else. Yeah. So in that sense, like, like I've ne- I haven't seen Moana or Coco, but I have such high regard for them, even though they're recent and they're not back in my day animated movies. You know. Yeah. So it's just kind of a there's a give and take there for sure. I think too. You know, you kind of look at Disney now and you just see it as this corporation that's just taking over everything too, and it's hard to look at them and think oh yeah this is still the same old good disney the good old-fashioned disney that we used to have that's absolutely true yeah it's it's very hard to separate disney the entertainment business from disney the creative people like they're two sides of the same coin they didn't ask us it's true they would have had uh three fewer star wars movies if they had asked me in particular (laughs) Or oh, at no, least four. At least four. I wouldn't have done Rogue One either. It's a stupid movie. Maybe maybe better Star Wars movies, right? That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Well, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me here is my co-host, Bing Bong. Take her to the moon for me. How you doing, John? Is, is that what he says? I've only seen that movie once when it released. Take Yeah, I think, yeah, Take Her to the Moon. One of the, like, I don't know, that scene, it ambushes you, dude. Yeah, it does. Like, the scene, the scene from Up, you can kind of like, oh, this is trending too good, something's about to happen, and then it happens, right? Yeah. So you can kind of expect it a little bit. 
but that scene in Inside Out, when Bing Bong sacrifices himself so Joy can make it, oh my gosh, dude, I did not expect it. It hurts you. Hit you right here, right in the chest. Because I feel like that happened to everybody, consciously or subconsciously, that had like an imaginary friend. Eventually, that friend is just gone. I don't know if the snap got caught on the microphone or not. I don't. I don't know. But if it didn't, there was a snap. Uh, I, I Thanos all of my imaginary friends. Oh um, dear. Oh gosh. So dark. <laughs> but you just you never think about stuff like that, and then to see it represented in that way, I was like, I was at a drive-in with a group of friends, and that was the I think it was the second movie of a double feature, so it was already like one in the morning. You know, I almost want to say no. I wasn't with you. That's right. That was one. Oh, I wonder if the Ooh, microphone bet, caught that. I bet it did. The it's door. <laughs> creepy door sound in the background. Your, your place is haunted. <laughs> uh, that was actually one of the first movies I took Antonio to. Sarah and I were still dating. But yeah, yeah, it did. It hit you. I, I remember tearing up and thinking, oh man, I don't, I don't need to cry right now. I've got this kid with me. Be strong. Be strong. Are you crying? No, you're crying. I got something in my eye. Well, let's jump into the news because we've actually got a lot to cover in the news. A lot has happened since we were last with you. Speaking of our entertainment overlords, we'll start with that. Disney is working on a new Haunted Mansion movie. You might recall that they've made a Haunted Mansion movie based off of their ride at Disney World uh, with Eddie Murphy. I mean, I don't think it got positive reviews, but it wasn't terrible you know it was entertaining but i mean there let's let's be real about a movie like that though the goal is not to make a good movie the goal is to make a movie that boosts interest in the ride to make you want to go to disney world and spend money on that account mission accomplished and if you look at it that way the star wars movies that they made mission accomplished the writer uh katie or kate dip dip bolt dip i don't know the, the, uh, she wrote for Parks and Rec, but she's going to be the uh, writer of that movie. Now, the next part of the Disney news is Mulan was released just this past Friday. Uh, so if you are just really, really wanting to see it, you can pay $30 to watch it right now. Uh, or you can be cheap like me and wait till December 4th when it's going to be available for the rest of the Disney Plus subscribers. I didn't know that it had a date. That's uh, that's exciting. I looked that up the other day because I wanted to see if it was worth it because I thought... Okay, so here's here's the thought process is... ten bucks per month. Well, (laughs) the thought process is, okay, there's a good possibility that some other movies could come out just like this because of the virus still be black widow i will see that was my first no. thought and so i thought okay so is it like a 29.99 and like that's it and so there might be other movies released under that same thing that you've just paid for or is it going to be 29.99 for every single movie and if that's the case i'm not paying it i'm waiting that would, that would be my assumption honestly if they were going to do it with a. Uh with like the first way you talked about with a pay it once and get each of these movies, they would market it that way. They would go on and say, given the volatile is the wrong word, but it's not the wrongest word. Like the, the nature of how, you know, this year has gone. We're going to go ahead. We as Disney are going to go ahead and commit to doing these, I don't know, five movies released this way 
under this Disney Plus premium banner. Disney Plus Plus. And yeah, effectively. <laughs> it's their own unique programming language. And the fact that they didn't do that tells me either they're going to test the waters with Mulan, see how it does for a couple of weeks, and then revisit it. Or two, and honestly what I think is more likely, they would do it on a per-movie basis. Because it's not like you're renting it. You pay the 30 bucks, and you just have unlimited watches of it. It just adds it permanently to your library, is my thought. It's like my interpretation of what I have read. Yes, that's from what I've read and understand that's the way it works. So, I don't know. But I'm also very distrusting of them as a corporation, so... Whatever makes them more money is ultimately what they're going to do. I'm interested to see how how much it's actually making. I guess the reports will probably be in by next Friday just to see, you know, how much did it make in its first week. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are, you know, really itching to see it. And for big families, too. You know, if you've got a family of you, your wife, five kids, you know, 30 bucks... That's actually a really good deal because it's going to cost you a whole lot more than that to go see it in theaters. So like my wife and I have been going to see movies over the summer with another couple of like a couple friends of ours. And so that's four people. And one of the reasons we've been going is because like old movies, these quote unquote old movies are $5 a ticket, which is incredible. But they've started getting actual new releases in now. And those are like $12 a ticket. So even just the four of us is $48 for tickets alone, not counting snacks and drinks and all that. So if we had, like, if we had decided that's what we wanted to do, it would be cheaper to just get it on one of our accounts, pay the other couple 15 bucks, and there you go. I think we're going to end up seeing Tenet, though, and I'm really excited about that. Yes, uh, they're showing it here in our local theater. I think we might need to review that soon. I'm trying to, Meg and I are trying to talk them into watching it on Monday, because I think we're all off work, but they might use their time responsibly. (laughs) It's Labor Day. You don't use your time responsibly. Right? That's my argument, but she, I mean, she's a middle school teacher, so it's been a especially awkward couple of, uh, what would you call 2020 months? Like, tiny decades? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the past, (laughs) the past 10 years have been very hard. Oh, it's sad because it's true. And the last little bit of Disney move, what? The last little bit of Disney news is, uh, and I actually posted this on our Facebook page, but Mandalorian season two comes out October 30th. Well, the the first episode of it. Right. Yeah. Presuming they do it the same way. But just in time, just in time for Halloween, you know, a nice double feature of Nightmare Before Christmas and Mandalorian season two. I'm hoping maybe... Maybe with the first episode releasing on October 30th, maybe the first episode will be almost like a horror movie. I feel like that's a bit of an ask, especially like trying remembering how the first season ended. I don't know how you could get a horror movie out of that unless you went straight flashback. Like if they did uh, the zombie stormtroopers storyline, that would be really cool. Well, I mean, anything's on the table, especially if they started production of season two aiming for Halloween. We got it. (laughs) <laughs> like that's what has me so scared about um the new doctor strange is because it's just supposed to straight up be a horror movie yeah i'm like i'm not on board for that i'll see it but i'm not on board i'm excited for it in fact in my amazon lineup right now i saw that uh the newest remake of pet cemetery was on there and then also um that movie by jj abrams with the nazi zombies overlord so I've got that in my list of what to watch next. What do you think the bigger villain in that movie is? Nazi zombies or lens flare? Uh, that's a good question. 
I mean, it's still probably the zombies, but, you know, you could have the conversation. Now, with uh, Nintendo news, uh, Switch has released its major Mario projects from over the years, updated and in clear 3D. This is for the 35th anniversary of Mario. That means Mario could run. Well, he's originally from Japan, isn't he? So he would not be a natural-born citizen. Correct. Okay, that means he's ineligible to run for president. He is. But what that does mean (laughs) is you can now play, or I don't think it's being all released at the same time, but there's going to be like Mario Galaxy, Mario 64. And Sunshine. Sunshine, yep. I think the original Mario Kart. What I saw was it was a three-pack. I think it had Super Mario World, Sunshine, and I want to say just Galaxy, but that would just be a, a remaster already because it was still a Switch game. Yeah, because they're they're re- they're releasing it in pieces, mm-hmm. so I think it's I don't know if it's every month or every few weeks. I'm not sure how it works, but so slowly those products will be coming to the Switch Direct. So that's well, there pretty was cool. a there was a pretty big video game weekend. Just this past weekend, um, accounting for for release, um, the new 2K and uh, the remaster no one talked about, but everyone wanted. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Really? Completely remastered, came out Friday. Wow. Like, I remember doing the skating bits and just, like, mashing buttons trying to do tricks. Like, I never learned what any of them were. Yeah, they were difficult. They were fun games, though. For the time, they were great. I don't know how well they would hold up now. I mean, there's also been just a dearth of skating games recently. So it's not like it's a saturated market. So if you combine, you know, nostalgia culture, which we've already talked about once in this episode, this is not going to go well. If you combine nostalgia culture with an an available market and add in, hopefully, I mean, optimized controlling for... 20 plus years of video game development you could be in a really really good spot now with sony live action series in the works for silk for those of you at home who may not be keeping track silk is another spider influenced superhero female not spider girl or spider woman but she goes by silk she's more of like i think she's more of an assassin might be wrong about that i don't know her story all that much I want to say, so Spider-Man has the, I'm remembering the scene from the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man when he's on the rooftop and he's like, go web, go, yabba dabba web, and like all of those, he's trying to get it to go. I want to say she just like shoots hers out, like like in our, our local hockey team has these things called fang fingers as one of their like fan things, and that's how she shoots her web out is the, the pointer and middle finger and uses that like but then can like grab it and all of that stuff man i wish i recorded that that's hilarious <laughs> just jay in his kitchen like offending the british sensibilities who would watch that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but her, her suit looks super cool it does and i don't really know much about her i mean it, i'm sure it has potential but Um, most likely it's going to be on Amazon right now. It's not going to be a Disney plus thing. I mean, Marvel studios is going to help make it. So it's going to be Sony in association with Marvel studios. But I think right now they're leaning towards Amazon. It's just Sony saying, Hey, you know, we really want to, we're still here. (laughs) We still have these, uh, Spider-Man things that we can make. And, you know, Disney, Marvel's going to make, shows so we should make shows too honestly i tell you the show with a spider adjacent character that i would want to watch would be agent venom agent venom would be really cool yeah i I think you could do a lot with that show 
because it's like sci-fi action kind of got a just, punisher vibe to it yeah but you could you could really do just about anything with it so i feel like that's a and and it still has that name recognition of like agent venom venom yeah huh and it just kind of gets people thinking right they didn't ask us. Yeah, they didn't ask us. No, they went straight to Silk, which I also understand because, I mean, trying to capitalize. Because you can't really do Spider-Gwen series with her having been such a main player in Spider-Verse. Yeah, they're going to lean in too heavily with that for the animated movies. Now, jumping universes from Marvel to DC, Black Adam has an official release date of December 22nd of next year. That sounds too good to be true i'm very excited because you have to think how much production had they done before covid hit and then again you think about how much they had been able to do with the the recent development of the rock and his family testing positive for covid yeah so like that definitely puts a puts the brakes on everything yeah that's true and then even uh the batman you know we've got robert battinson he's tested positive for covid so they had to pause the filming of the batman as well of course i've heard that they've been able to resume and just film stuff that didn't involve him which i mean duh that makes sense you know the the movies have realized the hollywood has realized you can't close down forever we got to make movies people want entertainment especially during these times and with theater saying hey you know we can open back up and just have limited capacity or you know wear a mask and so they're realizing that there's a way to work around it. So we're getting our content back. Yay! And then, of course, uh, Netflix uh, wants to capitalize on these video game mo- shows that are doing well, like The Witcher, which I don't really know if you can consider that a video game show exactly, just because it's also a book. But they're going to do a Resident Evil series. That has tremendous potential to me. Yes, it does. Especially if I- they stay true to the video game. There's also tremendous potential to do it wrong, and by that, I would like to reference the, uh, what is it, the fourth and fifth Resident Evil movies? You really could just say all of them? Well, I feel like originally, (laughs) they started, like, decent, and then they played into themselves too hard, and I, I don't know. They just, they just went downhill. And like you said, they didn't start great. Well, the what they're going to do is, well, from what I've read, is that one of the creators of Supernatural is going to be involved with that, too. Supernatural, especially the first like five seasons of that show, are really good. So I think as long as you stay true to the material, I think it's got potential. Now, Jack Reacher, another series coming to Amazon starring Alan Richson. Rich, Richson? Uh, he was Aquaman who? in Smallville. Oh, okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? Ish. Real real big ish. He he was only in like maybe five episodes. <laughs> you, you mean they couldn't get Tom Cruise? Does anybody really want to work with Tom Cruise? Oprah's couch does, but that's because, you know, <laughs> that, was, that was the couch's 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Also, he's too busy filming Mission Impossible because the next two movies they're filming back to back. I'm not going to lie. That kind of worries me because one of the things that I love confidence. about Mission about Mission Impossible movies, they're the same characters, but they're independent plots. So it's like, you know, the team makeup changes a little bit from movie to movie. You can always know what to expect that this is going to be self-contained. And I mean, there might be lingering impact into the next movie, but you can watch them. I would say non-sequentially or independently. Like you could just watch, you know, Mission Impossible three or you could just watch ghost protocol but to do them back to back is a 
clear signal that they are related and i don't much care for that yeah i can agree with you there because the um because you really can just jump into any of them plus all the plots are pretty much the same anyway he's given a mission he does the mission most people don't like him because he plays outside the rules and then he he's betrayed by the person that he thought was really close to him the plots what what tom cruise movie are you not describing right now (laughs) Oh, that's true. Because I I was sitting here thinking, like, Tom Cruise has mission to save the world. War of the Worlds. Tom Cruise has mission to do, and it's unpopular, and not a lot of people like him. Uh, Last Samurai. Tom Cruise is betrayed by the person he trusted most. Top Gun, because Goose died. It's every it's every Tom Cruise movie ever. Yeah, maybe they're actually all all the movies are related together. (laughs) It's it's like Tarantino, but with Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's a Cruise verse. So does that mean what what role? In Cruise Verse, would Tropic Thunder have? Oh, gosh. It was a dream. <laughs> it was just a, just like a weird, like, Tom Cruise wakes up having done shrooms once. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was this fat, bald guy. It was ridiculous. I feel like that's another underrated movie. I feel like it's a movie that was great for its time. It was great then, and because we can remember it for what it was, we can still appreciate it. But it's one of those things, like, if you were to look back on it, if you went to an exec now, and you're like, hey, we have this idea, they'd be like, no. No, you cannot. And even stuff that is, like, theater, like, like has these massive followings, you can't do that. Either. Like, The Office? Like, half of the stuff Michael says, you can't, <laughs> you couldn't do now. Yeah. But you can look back on it then and be like, yep, a TV comedy modern classic we're gonna have a white american play an australian play a black guy i'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude (laughs) it's just it's ridiculous and they lean into it so hard Uh you can tell it's not supposed to be like it's making a societal statement yeah about how ridiculous the whole thing is that's the statement one of the last things i have here is just the boys season two is out now on amazon and then i have in big letters not kid friendly i feel like even that is still underselling it (laughs) honestly it's it's really not even adult friendly it's in the same vein to me taking your kid to see deadpool like no there were a lot of warnings that was a bad idea yes yeah so it's more in more in that vein than what would be something like it's not a it's not a justice league like the animated show it's not that at all no it's a show making fun of superheroes actually and just how ridiculous it would be if they were actually superheroes in real life and just all the stuff that would go with that but starring who has got to be the most nerd famous actor of all time carl urban yep big break lord of the rings then he was in doom then he was in the new judge dread and now he's in the boys like his biggest like his imdb page like his his hits his high points are have got to be all like nerd stuff and then he wasn't he also in um star trek he was bones yeah yeah he was the new bones right you are absolutely correct and then last but certainly not least i think it's very important for us to give a little bit of recognition to chadwick boseman he passed away just this past week very upsetting to hear that he was most people would know him for black panther i think that was one of his bigger roles but he i mean he's just a he was a great actor overall uh 42 was really good i'm trying to think there was another movie i saw him in and i'm I'm drawing a blank on what it was while you're while you're looking it up i will say 
I pretty much exclusively know him as the Black Panther. The work that he did with that. So he had been diagnosed with stage three cancer like four years ago, I think they said. And if you go back and look, his entire Marvel filmography is since then. So he became T'Challa. He didn't play T'Challa. He became T'Challa in the midst of all of that mess. And I mean, it's the same type of stuff that, you know, I talked about when we when we reviewed Hamilton, the the cultural importance of this character far outweighs however critically relevant that movie could have been. And it's, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's a great movie. Like, it got nominated for Best Picture. So I'm not going to sit here and say it's a bad movie. But what it did culturally and in terms of, like, representation, I saw on Twitter, you know, all these little kids who were just weeping because their parents are jerks and told them with a camera in their face um but anyway that's a different point um just that you know their their hero died and that's not a moment that you can prepare yourself for so what was the what is the the third credit uh to you jay the movie that i saw him in that i thought he did really good was get on up and it was about uh james brown and it he did an excellent job in that too he he was an actor who I felt like, you know, sometimes you'll have an actor and they always just play the same person or who who did you think of when you said that? Cuz I immediately thought of Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell is a good one, but I was actually going to say we just talked about him earlier, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is another one of those actors where really it's just Tom Cruise. He he's just playing himself, but um this Chadwick, what he did was, is he, he kind of like, you knew it was him, but he just disappeared into the character. He always played a different person. Like he was never just him. He played the character. I thought he always did a great job at that. Just a shout out to him and just really going to miss him and, and everything that he did for, for all of us. So just wanted to give him a little, little shout out there. I will say one thing that I've seen, you know, kind of in the wake of his passing and the things that have that have kind of come around since, there's a not necessarily a fan theory, but a fan desire that I have seen to not replace T'Challa, uh, not to recast him in that sense. Um, you know, find a way to to write him out that does him the honor that his character and his life as an actor deserved. Yeah. Um, but to have Shuri, like to have Black Panther two be shuri stepping into that role and coming of age in the sense of you know going from quippy back talking teenager to monarch yeah that would be really cool so i would like that i, mean, a I lot. think i think that would be an incredible movie and i don't know that anyone has the emotional fortitude to start making that right now but you know you, it, it would have to you know start decently soon yeah so yeah, I know they're they're scrambling right now to try to figure out what to do because they didn't really they didn't have any backup plans for him. You really don't want to because you don't want to think like that. Like you don't want to hire somebody and think, you know, we might have to replace him at some point. What are we going to do? At the same time though, he had to have told them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he did, but you know, I guess it's one of those things like do you plan ahead for something like that or do you just kind of say okay well if if that's how the cards fall then that we'll just deal we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there and now tremendously unfortunately we're there it's there yeah 
Yeah. Well, let's jump into the topic for today. Very excited about this. I actually, <laughs> I actually looked at John after our last episode and I said, you know what? I'm actually going to put you on this to find our topic for today, mainly because of the baby. I just didn't have the time to kind of figure out what to do. Uh, so John, I'm actually going to hand the reins over and uh, you can, you can take it from here. All right. So, as Jay said, he um, tasked me with finding the next review topic, and um, given how, you know, things are slowly opening back up, but, you know, different speeds, different places, it was still very important to me to find something that was streaming available, and we've talked a lot about Disney Plus here recently. I did scroll through Disney Plus. I basically just found stuff that I was moderately familiar with. And also willing to watch again. We we briefly discussed X-Men, the original. I think it's 1998. And I feel like that's a very interesting time capsule for kind of what superhero movies were. To kind of contrast with what they have become. But again, that's a conversation for a different time. Ultimately, I settled on what is, to me, one of the most timeless and versatile movies. And I call it The Princess Bride. So, I call it... Um, timeless because it, for the most part, I think it holds up. I, I mean, there are some things that are dated, but that's just kind of the nature of the passing of time. I can agree with that. I think the humor is much drier than the humor is nowadays, but I think it's still, yeah, I agree with you. I think it still holds up. And it's the most versatile movie because if you want an action movie, there are incredible action sequences in this movie. If you want, a romance movie, the main motivator of the plot. That's the main thing that goes. If you want, you know, a suspense movie, there are aspects of that with the the shrieking eels, the pit of despair, that type of thing. And I mean, at the end of the day, the good guy wins, the bad guy loses. It's it's the perfect movie. It's inconceivable. You keep using that word. I do, I do not, not think it means. means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> Made in 1987, young boy comes down with an illness and has to remain home from school. Mother Man, leaves. If that's him. not 2020. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Mother leaves him in the care of his grandfather for the day while she is at work. The grandfather has a day planned of reading a story to the grandson. The grandson is obviously opposed to the story at first, but the grandfather reads it anyway, and the young boy ends up falling in love the story is of a handsome man a beautiful princess good versus evil and most of all a story of true love with obviously some very silly storytelling along the way that's it (laughs) yeah well i'm just trying to think of like where you go from a from a plot summary on this like i don't know i've seen this movie so many times it all runs together yeah if because growing growing up you know i was one of those kids like if the church doors were open i was there and this is one of those movies that we would watch i say we watched it on like church trips at least four times a year so i have put in the miles with this movie it's a good one also have you ever seen like the book the princess bride no and i didn't realize until i started researching the movie that it was a book Mm-hmm. Yeah, screenwriter William Goldman wrote the Neville, no, the Neville, good, the novel in nineteen seventy three. Novel Longbottom. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like like trying to picture. So you say it starts off, boy is sick, stays home from school. Grandfather reads him the story. 
it's a if you sat down in an average school day right let's assume school day is like 8 to 3 30 give or take it's still a decent chunk of a book to try to get through in that reading it out loud with the natural like pauses and the breathing and you try to I have I have some friends who recently the the wife read Harry Potter to the husband for the first time like while they were driving and things like that and she developed unique voices for every character oh wow so if you assume if you assume like that level of devotion because you're not going to read a story you don't care about to your grandkid who's sick so you're invested in a positive experience there's no way you could read this book in a in a day out loud to a kid who's never heard it before like this is this is a two to three day illness right here i love how during the movie there are points where you forget that this is a story that's being read and then they'll cut back to the scene in the bedroom you you yourself kind of go oh right i forgot this is a story being read to a little boy because there's the scene with the shrieking eels and the eel is about to bite the princess you know about to attack the princess and it just stops and goes back to the bedroom and then granddad's like do i need to skip this part you seem a little scared it's almost like deadpool before deadpool yeah with that self-awareness of like you know what, we're going to acknowledge, you know, we're going to pump the brakes on this one a little bit. No, we're good. All right, we're going back. <laughs> and the cast oh. is, I don't know, I, there's just so many good things about the The cast is good. The characters are, are well-developed. I've got well, nothing the, the but good of, things to say. I know. <laughs> it's weird. So, like, the, the thing that gets me, I don't know if, if you think of actors in the same way, I think there are a lot of actors who have not necessarily career defining roles in the sense of like, you know, this is the best they're ever going to do as much as I think actors have career association roles in the vein of like, I will never think of this actor as from anything other than this. And the princess bride is absolutely one of those things. So like you think about Carrie Elwes, the, the lead, I think, in, in my opinion, I think he's the hero of the story. I, I mean, he was a tremendous recurring character on Psych, which is a show that I love. But it, it's still hard to disassociate him from the role of Wesley. Yeah. And like Mandy Patinkin, who plays Inigo Montoya, when he was on Criminal Minds, I was like, hey, it's Inigo Montoya. And my mom was like, no, it's whatever his character name was. And I was like, no, <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> You just don't understand. Because I know Carrie always was. He was the, the... Oh, what was the villain name? I forgot about it. He was the... I know the uh, character. The art thief. Yeah, but he had a moniker. Like, he had a he had a name. Yeah. I, I want to say... The one that's coming to my mind is Lashif, but I know that's Mads Mikkelsen from Casino Royale. It was something like that. Uh, but he was... From what you can tell... I mean, you can even tell during the movie. You know, sometimes you can tell, like, if people have good chemistry. His name was Pierre Despero. Pierre Despero. Pierre Despero. But he... Um, you know, you can tell sometimes during a movie, too, that they all just have really good chemistry. And that's another really good thing I like about this movie is you can just tell that everybody got along really well. 
and they worked well together. Uh, in fact, I, I read an interview from Andre the Giant um, that he, R.I.P. He really he loved filming this movie because he talked about how people actually saw him and not just that he was a large man. Mm-hmm. but that he was a person and he was an actor and people just treated him like he was a part of their group. And so he always said that, that was one of the greatest things he got to experience was getting to work with those. So, you know, it's little things like that that you see and you're like, wow, yeah, this is not only was this a good movie, just a wholesome movie to watch, but obviously the people that worked with it felt the same way even during the filming of it. I will say, you know, we talked about how the Shrieking Eels, and they address the the intensity of that. The Pit of Despair, to this day, freaks me out. Because <laughs> it, it starts off hilariously, because there's this, like, pasty white guy, like, could have been a ghost, and he he's like, you're in the pit of despair. And then he coughs. He's like, um, um, sorry, no, you're uh, you're in the pit of despair. I'm really sorry for you. And it's just like a, a shake, like, oh, it challenges that norm uh-huh. of, you know, we expected this to be scary, but he just needs a lozenge. Like, and then, of course, it is scary because there's a machine that ages him. Like, what is it? Like, like 200 years or something? Like, yeah, it was like a whole lifetime. Yeah. Sucked out of him. Yeah. It was terrifying. Oh, he's not uh, dead. He's only mostly dead. <laughs> which means he's somewhat alive. <laughs> Billy Crystal. That's still, it's so weird to me. Billy Crystal. Like, I, I know that's Billy Crystal, but I I can't tell. That whole scene when they're they're in the, the hut with Miracle Max <laughs> and Inigo is trying to like talk him into it. He's like, no, he said to Blathe, which is to bluff. He owes you money. I'm not bringing him back for that. Like... <laughs> And eventually they do bring him back as much as they can because he's still recovering from being aged like 80 years in a minute. So, so they're they're carrying him away because he, he does not have control of his body yet. He's awake, he is aware, but he cannot move. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> do you think they can do it? It would take a miracle. It's like, bud, that's what you just did. You know, that whole scene actually... Um some fun fun facts about that scene so during their lone sequence in the film crystal was able to improvise for hours uh riffing dialogue that was mostly too r-rated for the family friendly film i absolutely believe that the director's own laughter ruined several takes i wish that there was just a montage of those somewhere i know right i would now i don't know if i don't know if i'd pay mulan money but i would pay money to just get a file of like Princess Bride outtakes, and I would just, I would watch it all the time. I'd be like, I'm having a bad day. Let's see what Miracle Ma- Miracle Max has to say. <laughs> and he's just like, Do you ever just bleep a bleep bleep bleep? Like, oh my gosh! Just because it shows the creativity that went into mm-hmm. it. Honestly, my so I, I referenced The Office earlier. The show that's ludicrously similar to it, uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. My favorite moment of Parks and Rec is an outtake. Just just try to find, like, Chris Pratt bloopers from Parks and Rec. Watch a video of them. The man is hilarious. Yeah. And th- that man had a six-pack in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. So think on that one, everybody. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to Princess Bride. Yes, back um, to Princess Bride. And it ended up... I, my biggest question was, was it actually successful? And the movie cost only $16 million to make, which even at that time 
was not very much for a movie. A modest budget, and uh, it earned back just $31 million in North America. So, so the short answer is kind of. Yes. <laughs> I think it's gotten more of a cult following absolutely like over the years so absolutely it it may not have been a huge hit then but it is now so there's a another a scene that i want to i want to point out um the the cliff fighting scene yeah with wesley and uh inigo it's one of the more technical sword fighting scenes i think i've seen because they both fight right-handed and left-handed and i don't know that they had doubles no, that was all them. I think that was because I, I, I read sometime this week. It was like eight hours a day studying that one scene for like three months. And they would, I think it was, I think it was Mandy Patinkin. He said every time that they nailed a take and they knew they would never be doing that part of the fight again, he like inside, he like shed a tear because of, you know, all the, the effort and the creativity and the just magnitude of that scene, the, like the effort he was putting in. And he was just like, I'm never going to get to do that again. I nailed it, but at what cost? Like that that type of thing. Yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah, they did that all themselves. The only thing they had a stunt double was when they did any kind of acrobatics. I will, in that scene, they do like a swinging gymnastics thing. And you can tell there's a pad yeah. that they land on. And I feel like, like you can tell that it's kind of campy, but it works. It did. Like, it doesn't take away from the rest of the movie as a whole. It's a great, great, well done, put together, and it's quotable. There's so many different things that you can quote from that. Like, the thing we love to do is if we disagree with something or we don't like what's going on, we'll just start doing the booing that the old woman does in the dream with with, uh, with, uh, Buttercup. Buttercup, yeah. I, I send people that gif all the time. <laughs> Boo. 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 <laughs> or just whenever you hold something up and smell it, you go, I okay in powder. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense in any other context. Or just the, you keep using that word, but I don't think it means what you think it means. I don't even think we should write it. I don't think there's even any reason to. When we started the conversation, I called it the perfect movie. And... I'm not going to sit here and say it's like Citizen Kane and Vertigo levels of critical acclaim, but in terms of rewatchability, which is an underrated thing when people talk about rating movies, almost infinitely rewatchable. Oh, yeah. And I think there's little things, too, that you pick up that you didn't notice before, you know, because it's it's one of those movies that, like, after you've seen it so many times, you're pretty much, like, saying in your head, oh, yeah, that's the next part. So you're able to pay attention more to like maybe what's going on in the background. I had never paid attention that when they encounter the RUSs before they encounter one in person, like face to face, there had actually been several on the set already that you didn't see because they were kind of tucked away in the background. There's little things like that. Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. (laughs) I think just immediately, (laughs) immediately gets attacked. Oh man, it's a it's definitely a a fun watch. It is. It's safe for the kids to watch too. Yeah, I would say like ninety eight percent because there is that two percent of like the eels and the sure the machine in the pit of despair. But I'm always gonna sit here and say, you know, your kid, right? Like, that's that's where I'm always gonna be on. Is this kid friendly? You know what they I can, can suggest it, but yeah, ultimately, it I feel like it is the parents' decision. So definitely. 
Well, check it out. It's on Disney Plus. I'm sure you can also rent it on Amazon. Or, I mean, it's a high quality film. So, like, find a Blu-ray of it and keep it forever. Yeah. Write it in your will. Make it a beloved family possession. Yeah, for sure. So, on to the new segment. Yes, the new segment of What You Doing? What You Doing? <laughs> do you want to kick us off, Jay? I'd love to. Yeah. Um, so, what I've been doing here recently is I actually just started watching the new series of DuckTales on Disney+. Plus. And I'm actually really enjoying it. What do you think about the new one? I like it, actually. I think it does a good job of being its own thing. You know, they didn't try to capitalize on what had already been. You know, they've they've taken it and kind of added their own twists and things like that. Uh, David Tennant voices uh, Scrooge McDuck, which I really appreciate. Um, and then Huey, Dewey, and Louie don't all sound like the same person because they're actually being voiced by three different people. Do you think they should have a segment on DuckTales called Huey, Dewey, Louie, and the News? That would be really awesome. That would be so <laughs> meta because of like Huey Lewis and the News. It'd be Oh man, it'd be, it'd be like the Prince bit from Animaniacs. When we were kids. Yes. You're like, no, I'm looking for fingerprints. I don't think I want to. So I've been watching that and uh, I've really been enjoying it. Uh, I'm still watching through the series of Psych. I think I'm on season four now. I've been enjoying that. It, that's always a great how, how thing. How does it hold up? Oh, does it man. hold up? It's it's great. Oh. I haven't I haven't rewatched it. I think we talked about this before. I've never finished it, actually. Uh, it's it's worth it the, to go back and watch it. The last seasons were tailing off, and I was like, nah, I'm going to get out on this while I remember it being good. Well, the reason why I'm re-watching it is because they've, re-rele- or they've released that new movie on Peacock. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to catch up on it all so that I can watch the two movies, because I never saw the um, the first one. I never saw the first movie. Plus, it's just fun. It's such a fun movie. It's easy or show. It's it's easy to watch, and then it's also just show that I can watch with my wife, and I can some of the episodes I can watch with my son. So we've enjoyed watching it together. Um, have you had Have you had the Kenny Loggins episode yet? Yes. Oh man, that's a that's a early psych high point for me is the Kenny Loggins episode. Yeah, yeah. We're on. Uh, I just started up season five, I think. Okay. Today. But, uh, and then the only other thing that we've been, or that I've done here recently is, um, Xbox Gold released The Division for free. And the first one or the second the one? The first one. Dude, if there was crossplay, I would still play that game with you. I love the first Division. So I've, I've downloaded that. I'm, I'm just doing those first couple missions just to kind of introduce you to the game. And, um, so far I like it, but I don't play many first person shooters. <laughs> So I'm really bad at it right now. The thing that's going to that tripped me up later in the division as someone who has played a lot of shooters, it's also an RPG in a very real sense because late game you start getting it's called branded items and you can make a gear set with them. So you need to collect pieces of the same set to get certain bonuses and you need to have builds and I, I mean i don't know how the game is now because i mean it's what even the sequel has been out for like two years there's so much like the rpg nature of it is something that i never fully understood and never really grasped so uh late game that's what you have to look forward to well so far i've really enjoyed it the story is very interesting and it hurts scary the, fitting the story for the, of the time. division hurts 
<laughs> it's I was so I was on Twitter the other I think it was last week, and one of my Twitch friends was like, "Hey, you know, I need a new game to play. What should I play?" And I told him about the division. Imagine like 2020, but as a video game. Yeah. And I was like, you know, there's this plague that shuts down the world, and you have to fight it. And he's like, Nah, I don't think I, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> it's frightening. <laughs> and this, and this game came out years ago. But at the same time, like this is a scenario that kind of the what we're living in is a scenario that people have talked about for years so it's not like this is a new concept it's just we honestly thought that this would never happen I'm about to say it's always been a what if yeah and now it's an oh no <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah uh other than that that's what we've been up to and uh looking forward to maybe going and see tenant soon that all sounds awesome to be honest with you yeah because i didn't i didn't watch ducktales when i was younger but like Psych, obviously, I've watched. Division is a game that I love. And Tenet is a movie I'm going to see. I just It's going to happen. So for me, Gotham Knights has me uh, real Batman excited. So I started, uh, I think it's ultimately my third playthrough of Arkham City. Oh, wow. And I did find a way to get a costume. So I'm running around Arkham City with the Sinestro Corps Batman suit on. Fantastic. And it's great. I just wish that because cause he's wearing the ring... I just wish he could fly. The game would be so much easier if he could fly. Um, but I understand it's just cosmetic. It it doesn't stop me from wishing it was true. I've made a handful of new uh, Call of Duty friends who don't have the base game. They just have Warzone. So I've been playing a, a heck of a lot of Warzone. We got a sweet dub last night. That's been a lot of fun. I, I mentioned before I acquired a Blu-ray copy of the complete series of Batman Beyond. I watched season one in two sittings. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is a really good show. Broken up right about 50-50, and I feel like I'm about a third of the way through season two because I can just sit down and watch like four or five episodes of that back-to-back. -back. It's still so good. Other than that, I mean, watching Twitch, watching YouTube playoff uh playoff hockey playoff nba is here now so i'll watch playoff nhl i'll catch highlights of playoff basketball because that's you know really where my priorities are and then slowly hanging out with friends again and just kind of hoping to to redefine normal away from basically shelter in place yeah that's, we've that's we've all been alone for so long it's going to be weird starting to get back out and see people again but it's also weird like as a gamer because 2020 is like if it wasn't for the entire world going to crap this is kind of a dream for us <laughs> like stay home do everything remote and virtual be on your computer the whole time like we were we were made for this right you know because i, I feel like we're at a point where the graphics for games are really good did you know 8k was a thing i i didn't i did i didn't know it was a thing until i was reading about these new um cards the new video cards and they're like yeah you know you shouldn't even worry about these if you're not if you don't have monitors that are 8k and can handle it because otherwise like you're saying you're not gonna reap a full benefit right it's just gonna look pretty much the same yeah so in that sense like 
a graphics card is only as good as its monitor. Right. So and monitors really haven't caught up to that yet. I I don't even have. I think our I think our TV downstairs now is finally 4K. I just got 4K. Right. <laughs> what, what is what is 8K and how can it be twice as good as 4K when 4K was supposed to be that step up from? It was supposed to be better than like what's better than 1080p other than 4K like 2160 or something. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a step better than that. And even 1080p, like if you watch a watch a football game in high definition, it genuinely looks better than being there live in terms of raw visuals. Now the experience is obviously completely different. Sure. Visually it looks better. And it's like what am I supposed to see? Like the the sweat on the back of his <laughs> neck. So, you know, there's stuff like that that is it really better to have that clear of a quality? You know, so it, it does kind of I don't know. It does kind of make me wonder, like, does it get to the point where it just looks unreal? Like, you're you're so, the clarity is so clear that you're like, you would never see that in real life. I feel like it's almost like a form of gatekeeping. Because, like, we talk about that in the gaming community, because you talk about, like, the console wars, right? You have, like, PlayStation versus Xbox with the kind of social assumption, like the, the, the PC master race, so to speak. Sure. When PC is just like clearly superior and all that uh, stuff, and it's like, is this just not more gatekeeping? When it's like these graphics are better than these graphics, which are better than these other graphics, and it's like we're all seeing the same thing. <laughs> yes. So I'm not sure what the debate is. So if you, uh, our dear listener, have listened to our our rant here um, and can explain to us the difference between. 1080p and 8k uh please reach out to us we would love to hear from you because it's clearly above it's above my head for sure i don't like putting assumptions on people jay's nodding so he's i think he's agreeing with me so if you can explain to us the difference in graphics uh please reach out to us uh at our facebook page uh facebook.com slash they didn't ask us you can comment on one of our posts or uh, or slide into our dms as a page you can shoot us an email they didn't ask us at gmail.com or if you want to hit it with the uh, nerd alert uh, you could send us a voice message on our anchor.fm profile which is anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us see what i did there jay slid right into the outro you did man good segue (laughs) there if you want to follow me on instagram i am the nerd is underscore in been posting a lot of pictures of my new baby here recently uh one of my favorite photos i posted for his one month and he it looks like a comic book page and it's fantastic i love it (laughs) so follow me if you if you desire to see any adorable pictures and then as we've previously discussed you can find me on twitch and twitter uh, both with the the handle J Mueller eight three three two. Keeping the brand consistent. Gotta you gotta keep. It's my. I realized recently it's my Discord tag too. When I'm in there, like it really is consistent everywhere. <laughs> well, I think that was a good episode. Yeah, that, that felt good. We got a lot in there, uh, but we are back now. We'll see you in two weeks this time. Spoiled getting to hear us back to back, but uh, we'll have a two week break. Not sure what we'll be reviewing. Might be Tenant. might be something else. I don't know. We'll have to see what we 
feel like doing. But uh, if you have any ideas, please reach out, let us know, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. I don't know. You got anything else? No, I think I'm I'm good. All right. Well, we will see you in another two weeks to hear all of our nerdy talk and random stuff that we will see you next time. And until then, (laughs) nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a long-time listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.